invested in AMC when it was dirt cheap because everyone was being fucking stupid about it. And I was like, oh, this this might bounce again. So like literally when it was at like four dollars a share, I mm-hmm. went in and bought like four hundred dollars of it. Mm-hmm. Shit's trading for like eleven dollars a share right now. I have promptly sold my four hundred dollar stake in AMC. <laughs> you don't think it's gonna go higher than? Uh, bucks? No, because right now, again, I think it's a lot of the same thing that's fueling GameStop, which is a lot of people being stupid. Mm. So I was just like, "Fuck you guys! I'm gonna ride your stupidity and make some money off of it." Well, uh, as an homage to the typical pull talk fashion, I've been recording now for thirty seconds. Oh, well, okay. (laughs) Uh, That's not investment advice, just so we're clear. I don't want the SEC showing up at my house. Anyhow, um, hi, folks. It's uh, been a while. Um, A long time, actually. I uh, guess... Struggling to come up with the words for a minute, kind of doing this uh, off the cuff here. But um, long story short, we're back, but things are a little different. About a year ago, literally we were sitting down in my office. And um, this is at the time when Will, Chris, and I had all agreed that we were going to make a podcast. Mm -hmm. And... What can I say? The first episode of that we recorded was a bad day to be a bush light. It was a bad day to be a piece of pizza. <laughs> there were many blunders in recording. It went on for like three hours. We had to cut most of the show. And hell, it probably wasn't even that good to listen to. But nah. we had a blast recording it, which was what was important. Mm-hmm. Which is what makes it bittersweet. We waited a while to come back to this. We'd been working on revamping the show into something different that we now call the Oof Report because we thought we could do something a little bit different than Pillow Talk that could be a little more tightly structured but also at the same time enjoyable to listen to. And we were working on recording our first episode of that in very late August. And then... September rolled around in 2020, decided to, you know, cold caucus again. And, well, we lost Chris. Not going to go into great detail about that, but needless to say, it was a hard time for everyone. To this day, condolences go to his family. And, you know, it's finally time to pick the pieces up and get back on this thing. So... With that, you know, every episode going forward obviously goes out to our boy, Chris. Absolutely. Will, would you like to add anything to that? Um, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Uh, obviously, a lot of things happened in 2020 that, that you know, provoked us to step away from the podcast in between then and September. I think the last episode we had was actually in August. I want to say somewhere around that time frame. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely a lot of thought that went into coming back to this and continuing this. Uh, it was never a thought that we didn't want to continue it. It was just more or less, we wanted to 
take the time for everyone, um, but also to make sure that we kind of like just, like you said, more of like homage to Chris and like make sure it, it always kind of comes off that way. So, because let's be honest, Pillow Talk would not have been Pillow Talk without Chris. 100,000%, not even close. And it is, you know, the three-hour podcast that was never, you know, posted because we had to cut down to about, I don't know, I think a little bit over an hour, a little bit under an hour. <laughs> uh, we we went on a lot of rants. Well, hey, there there was a lot in there about the <laughs> ATF, bidets, $1,200. Remember when we were getting a stimulus for $1,200? Boy, that seems like a lifetime ago. <laughs> it does. <laughs> It, yeah, we there wasn't out. a mask mandate. Oh my god! And we found out we found out how much a uh, Plan B you can purchase with twelve hundred bucks and how long it lasts. So if you need to know all that information, you can always go back to the first. I want to say seven episodes or six episodes. It's the very first talk. episode, literally. Yeah, I'm ev- just saying they're all gonna stay. They're all gonna stay on Spotify. We're just gonna leave them up there. Absolutely. So um, yeah. Other than that, we are back with uh, some slightly different and new content than compared to our previous content but i'm excited i'm really excited about it i'm bare-chested wearing an oof hat in a bathrobe drinking coffee so with a mug that says what fuck your bookmaker yeah that's right that's the one thing i can't promise folks if there was one thing chris was good for it was using the word fuck like a common <laughs> comma during podcast <laughs> I don't know if I've got that kind of a sailor's mouth on me, but who knows? Maybe I'll go on a rant one day on one of these things. Oh, I think think it's going to happen. It's a a strong possibility. Oh, yeah. All right. But I think with that, let's go ahead and kick it into the actual show. Howdy, folks. What is up? It is Cameron and Will coming to you live with the OOF Report. Getting down into it, what the hell is the OOF Report? The OOF Report is uh, your weekly recap of some of the biggest news stories. So, with that being said, three segments for you coming at you today. Leading off with a domestic segment, because everyone likes a good domestic beer. Followed by that, we are going to try out an international, so uh, good international news story coming at you, and then a little pet project story after that, just so we can kind of talk about that. What exactly are we going to talk about in particular today? Well, uh, Joe Biden had a press conference. I'll leave it at that. Uh, There's a boat stuck in the Suez Canal, and I have some theories on how we can get it dislodged. (laughs) And GameStop had an earnings call that basically said, check with us next quarter. Yeah. So with that being said, it's not news unless it makes you say oof. It really is not news unless it makes you say oof. Will, would you like to lead us off on our domestic segment? So um, Cameron knows this. I feel like most of you guys know this. But for those who don't know, I'm not a super political person. But 2020 election i think made everyone a little bit more political than they typically were a little bit but uh with this new uh this the with this new press conference i don't know if it's 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 almost going to be as like historical as the gamestop segment we're going to go into because i don't know if he can speak very well in, in front of people uh and 
there was a lot of moments that I could not believe I was watching s- someone who represents our country. You know the thing that strikes me about this? The thing that strikes me is, whether you liked him or you hated him, Barack Obama, a man in his 40s at the time he was in his presidency, mm-hmm. could go up there and actually string together sentences that were, you know, maybe a little bit higher than a fifth grade level. Oh, and he, could speak, he could speak publicly very well. Yeah, he was a great public speaker. And, uh, like, apparently that must have, like, really turned off America in general to have someone who was, like, somewhat with it and cognitively there. Because <laughs> then we elected two straight people where one guy couldn't even string together a sentence without it being very, very huge. Did, and then yeah. the next guy is like, where are my meds, Martha? Dude. So there is uh, – if, if you have not watched it, please go back and watch it. Um, I want to say it's about an hour long. It's nothing crazy. Good stuff in there. Don't get me wrong, but there were definitely moments where I did. I just felt like I was watching like almost like a Comedy Central roast. Like it was just people asking questions, and unfortunately, those were too hard to answer. Now, the biggest moment that just blew my mind was there was one particular reporter asking a question. Can't remember what the question is off the top of my head, but Biden decided to walk away from the podium while this person was asking a question staring off into the distance and then realized where he was at came back to and then started answering the question without being back at the podium and people who were standing off to the sides were kind of like shuffling him like hey go go back up there bud go go back to the podium like i don't understand how that happened i feel you're gonna have to put you know like uh little kids uh when you're like i was like you remember you remember music parts going to king's island stuff like that the zoo when you go there, parents have their kids on leashes. They have these little backpacks that look like animals are hanging off it. I feel like they're going to have to do that to him. They keep him at the podium, stay, and answer the questions. Read the script. Let's be honest. It's all scripted. He's going to have to refer to a script. You know, the, the thing that strikes me, too, is this isn't even like a knock at, you know, Joe Biden as a president, but it's just more or less just kind of sad to watch. And this was probably my biggest fear going into things in November is – What's going to happen when it's time for re-election with this guy? What's going to happen? Like, is he going to make it through the presidency? I don't know. Like, it's a legit question I feel like you got to ask with this dude. And, I mean, God, have you seen any of the photos of, like, Kamala in the background? Because <laughs> I swear to God, half the time Kamala's looking at Biden, like, she's just like, why isn't the poison taking effect? Like, she's been, like, microdosing him with poison wow. this entire time. I don't know... I, I kind of wonder what the conversation was when he's like, hey, I want you to run. I w- I'm choosing you to be my partner. I wonder if she was kind of like immediately, oh, I'm gun ho about it, or she's kind of like, oh, God. Well, she was probably like, damn, I'm a heartbeat away from the presidency. <laughs> also, they were probably all collectively thinking about how can we really piss Elizabeth Warren off? I feel like that was part of the uh, equation here. It's all petty. It's all so petty. I, th- those people strike me as the thing where they're just like, yeah, Elizabeth, great. Go on CNBC and yell about things. You're, you're our girl. And in like, the room, they're like, God, she's so fucking annoying <laughs> behind her back. The, uh, the other thing, too, and it didn't happen once. It happened numerous times where he'd be in the middle of an answer, which wasn't, let's be honest, politically speaking, wasn't answering the question. It was just speaking. But then just losing train of thought. And it's his favorite thing to go to as well. You know, you know. He'll just say that at the end of like 
answering a thing like just halfway through like you know uh, uh, you know it's like a kid explaining what? it's like a kid explaining to their parents when they're in trouble like well yeah i mean you know <laughs> yeah like uh i don't I, I don't know where you're going with this at all you no. lost me a few sentences ago and i was really intrigued until right now please elaborate yeah ple- uh, well don't actually expand on the subject Let's, i would like to know no. more no um and then it just, yeah, there's a lot of other things that were said that it gets more into your political stance on what you agree with or disagree with. But regardless of where you stand, if you're watching that and you saw those few moments, no one was happy about those moments. Of course, there was the great comment in there when he was talking about the filibuster. And he was like, well, if we need to go back to how the Senate was 120 years <laughs> ago when I got there. And uh, of course, immediately... Uh, certain people with right-leaning political thoughts uh, jumped all over that and were oh, just yeah. like, his brains are on it away! <laughs> this isn't a joke! And then people on the left are like, it's a joke! And I'm just like, oh, Lord. I was like, uh, guys, I gotta be honest. Both of you might be correct. <laughs> yeah. He was, I, I don't know, I feel like he was very serious about that when he said that. I don't know. He said it's a joke, but I think that guy just, just doesn't know where he's at. He's got a very weird, dry sense of humor. If that was his joke, call me crazy. Age limits, a hundred percent. I mean, for crying out loud, what? Look it up real quick. I forget. It's like you got to be in your thirties, thirty-five, to run thirty-five to run for the office of president. Yeah. Which, by the way, you run at thirty-five, you're not getting elected. Well, yeah, but you met close too. I mean, shit. Nah. Obama got elected. But look at everyone who gets elected. Look at their previous history with all the previous previous presidents and everyone else. Like you gotta basically be in the game for a long time, build that relationship before you actually get the funding. So basically, what I'm hearing here is America's really kinky for old men. Our our political system is very much so like a reality TV show in a way. But everyone's kinky for old men, uh, especially the old white ones. Powerful old white men. I don't. I don't care who runs for presidency. I would actually love a 35-year-old ran for presidency. I would love to see what happens from that. Because that's kind of like, I don't know. You know how they get into the whole conversation of like generational like millennials and Gen Zs and X and all that other. Don't really care about that. But I would find it very interesting if someone 35 ran against somebody who is like 65. You know who should run for president? Uh, and Joe Rogan? Fuck no. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck no. You know who should run, though? And he's considering running in Texas. Really? Yes, yes, yes. But nobody knows what his politics are. Those Ma- are the worst. Yeah. But- Matthew McConaughey. Are you serious? Hell yeah. And here's why. I don't know what the man's politics are. I might completely disagree with him. But damn, he'd be the coolest president ever. <laughs> Imagine would, a press conference with McConaughey. To every press conference, yes. Oh that, man, that is like stop what you're doing, like stop your work for the day, and like run around the water cooler at work and like crank the TV up to a oh, hundred. That is, uh, I would tune in every single time. Get Americans really engaged in civics. So what is he? Is he just running to be like their governor or whatever? Like, what's he doing? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Or he might be um, running for, like, the state house. I saw it briefly on Twitter the other day. He's considering running for political office in Texas. I only kind of sucks. sucks. I don't hate his movies. I like him as an actor. He's a great actor. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Nobody knows what his politics are. Like, literally nobody knows, like, publicly what his politics are. I'm going to go are. ahead and say that his politics are somewhat, not not maybe not as extreme, but somewhat more towards the side of, like, Arnold. 
Who knows? Yeah. I could be wrong. I just feel like that industry... Hey, maybe yeah. we need a smooth talking guy for press conferences. Yeah. I mean, Arnold, yeah. for crying out loud, we got a swole ass dude who turned into a governor. Of course, of California. That that seems like for the everyone who thinks we're living in a simulation. There, there yes, there there is a long string of things that might lead you to believe that. that I would believe that. Look less and less crazy. I mean, we elected a guy who literally ran a show called The Apprentice. <laughs> and, then, and he he like, was president for four years. years. Yeah, within, <laughs> he was president for four years and led a damn insurrection at the Capitol. I just don't understand how it's just wild. Like when you think about it, like yeah, he had his own TV show, and like the whole like culture today, where it's like you said something on Twitter twenty years ago, you're not going to get that job. Like like crap like that. Like I don't get it. And then you have, like, this guy who had a TV show said some off-the-wall stuff. Gets presidency. Blows my mind. Anything's possible in America. Anything's possible at this point. Made in America. Made in America. (laughs) Anything's possible. Which, on a small note, with the whole conference and stuff like that, another thing I am very concerned about is when he is in front of leaders of other countries – I'm sorry, but there I, I don't agree with any of these other leaders, but they're a little bit better spoken. I mean, for crying out loud, the other week when him and Putin were trading words in the press at each other, I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, I was like, oh, Joe, I was like, maybe back off. And then Putin in his conference goes, I wish him good health. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, I was like, I hope Joe Biden has a food taster because that, that sentence, <laughs> that sentence, like I, either Kamala might be trying to go after him with the microdosing poison or Putin's just going to be like, yo, you want to see what this KGB shit does? Dude, that's going to be, I think he wanted to, I think Putin wanted to get a hold of him and do like a, uh, a live conference, like not pre-recorded, like they, they, the, I don't, and I feel like it also involved, uh, the leader of China, but I could be wrong. But they wanted to do a live, like debate slash conference talk, and uh, I don't think Biden was all about it. No shit. I mean, you want to talk about something that legit for a moment? And again, this is no knock against Joe Biden's politics. Right. This is just strictly talking about the dude and his current mental capacity. Yeah. I mean, this was a record long time we went. 60-something days? Yeah, for a president to give their first press conference. Yeah. It was a record. And, I mean, that strikes me as odd and concerning, as if they almost are, like, kind of letting on. They know a little more than we do about his current mental capacity to do things like this. And I kind of think it screwed him in the long haul, because basically, because it took so long for that conference to happen, I feel like a lot of people, media, whoever started being like analyzing all the things that were happening. So when that first conference, when they came with questions, like he had an answer to a few of them, but like, because they waited so long, I feel like there was too much. Like he took it all at once. He took 60 plus days worth of questions up front instead of like doing it way sooner than only having essentially, Hey, you're 10 days in 20 days in to your presidency. Like, you know, here's these questions. You know, what's going to be exciting. 
And by exciting, I mean I absolutely dread it, but it is going to be a content-producing machine if, God forbid, we're doing this in four years. What? Or three years, I should say. Oh, you mean the next election? Oh, my God. Both parties are going to end up primarying, so we're going to have like eight to 12 of these insufferable people rambling on on both sides till we pick our favorite insufferable person on each side. Even better, during that conference, someone asked and said, hey, do you plan on running? Uh, Because by this time like 60 plus days into your presidency by this time um trump had already said i plan on running again for president like you already announced it like publicly announced it was ready to go and someone asked him like hey you know your predecessor already uh and he laughed at that but he said they, they said you know he already had at this point made that decision did you make the decision yet and he like wouldn't answer the question he was like he knows well, he's not running. Well, he again. was like, he was, you know, he, he literally said something along the lines of like, well, that's like, you know, I don't know what I'm doing in four years. I'm like, bro, you've been in politics your entire life. You know what you're doing in four years. I mean, it's you're probably ver- retiring. Let's be honest. It's very <laughs> rare for a president not to run for office again, unless you're Calvin Coolidge. Little uh, nugget there. Geez. That dude totally knew what was about to happen to the stock market in America in general and said, fuck I this. don't want to deal with that. I'm out. Yep. But. But yeah, no, that's the part where like you're talking about everyone that like what we're gonna have to deal with. I mean, this dude is like not even publicly saying like it doesn't it doesn't even hurt to say, Hey, I plan on running for president again. If it changes down the road, it changes down the road. But like you basically avoided the question in the most awkward fashion. Because he's not running. Well, that's just, the bottom line. He's well, he knows he's not. Lord knows him and the party probably did a little wink wink, nod, nod, handshake like Hey, this is gonna be my four years. This in is the your sunlight. participation trophy. Like, just take it and leave. Yeah, but uh, after that four years, you're out of here, and we're gonna try to put someone else in here. So, I think with that being said, now that we've uh, beaten that uh, horse, let's move on to our international segment. And oh I have been looking forward to this, folks. When did it, first of all, real quick, before we even say what it is, when did it happen? It happened at the start of this week. Really? Yeah. I did not see anything about it. So we've literally been going on a week with this. Those of you who've been keeping up with news probably know what we're about to talk about. But uh, there's this little canal in Egypt called the Suez. Kind of an important waterway in the world. Shortens some time for trade to go places instead of having to go around the Horn of Africa. Mm -hmm. Kind of a big deal. Yeah. 12% of global trade goes through there. Um, man, beavers would be proud of this right now because somehow we have managed to get a cargo ship the size of the Empire State Building lodged in the middle of it and trade (laughs) cannot go through the canal right now and they have not been able to dislodge the boat. Yeah, please look up a picture of it because it looks ridiculous. I, I cannot even begin to express the amount of ideas I've had for dislodging this thing, but I mean, even then... Have you seen some of the pictures where they have like an excavator, like the size of like a a Ford F one fifty going out there trying to like dig out portions of the canal to refloat this thing? They're they're doing a lot. They're doing a lot out there, and it, I just don't understand. First of all, how it's not working. You know, putting the jokes aside for a second, like, the thing that, like, this is funny in the moment, like the memes that are coming out of this. Oh lord, just incredible. 2021's been a wild year for any sort of meme coming out of news because, I mean, you had the the insurrection at the Capitol, which obviously there was a lot of bad going on with that, but very memeable moments. I mean, we almost probably, I said, 
we blew our load on memes there for the year. Oh yeah. The, the 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 meme stock market was all the way up on that day. And then on top of that, now we've got the Suez shit going on. And just some of the the photos and memes that have come out of it just top content all around. I'm trying to pull up um what I found last night when I when you told me about it and I looked it up. There was a man, I should have saved it. It was basically the amount of like oil and cargo that goes through that canal on a daily basis was something like just absurd. Oh, the, the, the economic impact downstream from this is going to be massive. Like you're going to see shortages and price increases in a lot of markets, Europe in particular, since a lot of trade that goes through there is very instrumental to Europe. Jet Ski, which I believe is a uh, Canadian based company or Sea-Doo, mm-hmm. excuse me, Sea-Doo. Wow. I butchered that. Sea-Doo. Uh, yeah, Sea-Doo has a bunch of parts stuck on there right now, so now they're expediting flying that stuff to Canada. Wait, what? Yeah. Flying it. Yes, flying it. They're they're trying to, like, expedite parts that are stuck on that cargo ship and get them flown to Canada. jeez. Oh, again, beavers are probably so damn proud of us right now. Beavers are looking at us, Jeff Goldblum, and going, you did it, you crazy sons of bitches. You yeah, did you, it. If you guys look up a picture of this from overhead, it honestly looks like the map from Warzone. Like, they just dropped a boat across this river and said, hey, here's how you can get across if you don't have a helicopter. I think this is all long con, and they were basically just trying to make a man-made bridge across the Suez. What's it called when uh, when there's, like, an advertisement for something and it's... Because it's an augmented reality something. You know what I'm talking about? Like when they when they have these uh, like so for example, um, there's been a few games and even a TV series that was released this way where basically a lot of like news outlets or something were done and it was made to look real, but it just led into just the the trailer for whatever it is. You know what I'm talking about? It's augmented reality something, but it almost looks like that. And so it's like an ARG advertising yeah, some, campaign. Yeah, yeah, This is basically for the new Warzone map that they have not released yet. This is just uh, showing how that map developed over time. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, because realistically, I don't know how, first of all, I don't know how, because I watched it and like how it, how it got lodged and whatnot, which it, it wasn't that crazy, um, but... I don't understand why they can't just, you know, dig out part of the land it's stuck on or blow it out or I think the thing get a that crane a lot over of there people, to pull it in a direction. I don't I, I think the thing that people miss and don't appreciate with this, even though this has just been a logistical clusterfuck from the word go in terms of trying oh, yeah. to get this thing dislodged, is this thing like I said, is as big as the Empire State Building floating on the water in the sheer tonnage that this thing's holding. L- look it up real quick, if you can. W- what's the tonnage that the Evergreen itself weighs, plus on top of that, what it's carrying? There was like something... I remember when it was looking at it, it said 3 point something million tons of cargo. And then you got to consider the tonnage of the ship as Correct. well. Which... Um, Which is going to be hefty. Let's see. And I'm not talking about the trash bags. tons of sand were dragged, yeah. I need to know more about the ship, not the sand. That's a lot of sand, though. Oh, uh, let's see. I hate sand. Removal. There's 18,000 cargo containers on there. It's coarse. It's rough. And it gets everywhere. It gets... Uh, oh. And it disrupts global trade. <laughs> Well, 
Um, is this sh- the first question that says on Google? It says, "Is the ship still stuck in the canal?" <laughs> <laughs> is the ship still stuck is in the still canal? Stuck? Yes, it is. I saw uh, it. I saw a tweet this week. It was about midweek, I want to say, where it said, "Ladies, listen, we need to band together right now and make sure that men do not turn this current ship stuck into the canal into another insufferable three-hour boat movie." Oh, this is going to be a hundred percent. Hundred percent. You you know you know they're probably scrambling right now to like crank out like a Netflix documentary on this. They're, they're looking for Hanks right now. Like, hey man, you did a really good job at uh your last role. Can we go ahead and get you in this one as well? Tom, come back. Was so the boat's called the Evergreen, which is I, I thought it was the weirdest thing ever. But is, is it just carrying chew? Is is this you know because it's the one year anniversary of when we recorded the first episode of Pillow Talk and we and, and, and Chris literally talked about his uh, what was it degenerate activity of the week is what we were doing and yeah. he bought like a gas station out of Chew because we were just about to get put on our little yeah, stay at home shit he didn't know how long we we're gonna be locked down and then also when he went there the the guy who has the gas station like who he went to frequently. He was like, I want to buy this many cans. And he's like, listen, I can't, or this many rolls, I think. And he's like, I can't do that. But I can, you can buy you, it all. But I can sell you the remaining amount that I have, which is why he ended up buying, like, I don't know, an absurd amount of cans. I want to say that a year ago, Chris decided that he was just going to put in a, a cargo ship order of this, and that got stuck in yeah, the canal. Yeah, he's got a few shipping containers on there that have his name on it for sure. I made the joke that uh, it'd be a shame if this boat sank. Because uh, this would be the ultimate boating accident for everyone's uh, firearms to disappear in. Mm. Mm. Who do you think's on here? You think Sig's on here? You think Smith and Wesson's on here? You got Ruger. Who? <laughs> who's what are you tri- talking about? They're they're uh, they have their because uh, because the concern of a trading or not importing firearms is going to be banned. So they're just going to lose a few a uh, few thousand. Those companies make their stuff here in the States. Uh, not anymore. They can't make it anymore. They're going to get banned. Well, they're not imports at that point, so they're not made here. My Glock's made in Austria. Yeah, okay. Well, your Glock's made in Austria, but I'm saying like all those companies you listed okay, off. If we well, want to get technical for fine. a second. Let's, well, let's go with Glock. Let's go with NEAK. Let's go with... I don't think FN's the United States, are they? I don't think they are. FN is not. They're a Belgian company. Yeah. And then you have Beretta. So yeah, let's go. Let's, I don't care what the names Buy are. Buy American, you bastard. The point, eh, make a better gun. I don't know. Buy American. Yeah. Anyhow. Actually, no, I, I have an American. Well, okay. Well, good We're for good. you. Yeah, we have one. <laughs> Going off of that, though, I have some ideas on how we can refloat this boat because this is just out of control at this point. The movie up, balloons. No, 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 no. Yeah. Better idea. I'm thinking we, listen, built Ford tough. We just get like two F-150s on opposite ends of the boats on the canal. No, 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 no. Ford F-150s. Are you kidding me? This is the (laughs) ultimate advertisement for built Ford Tough right here. And we just tie a rope around some hitches and they can just both pull in opposite directions. Has anyone tried using WD-40 as well? That's all I'm saying. Have we tried using that yet? Um, Something gets stuck in my place. I get a can of WD-40 out and it's unstuck pretty quickly. Have we I mean, considered what? a nuclear weapon? Have we considered, is there anything on the ship that will help us uh, dislodge it? I mean, honestly, if you think about it, would removing weight help at all? 
they're just going to start opening containers and be like, that looks useful. I mean, let's be honest. There's some WD-40 on there. You got the answer right there. Um, they said they moved sand, but I'm like, this thing would have to be sitting on the ground to be lodged that much. Look, I think they just need to find the ultimate team of whales to band together and dislodge this thing by ramming into it. They need the guys who, uh, if they want this boat to stay, they just need the guys who work on 75 North here to go there and try to fix that situation. Yeah, they'll have that boat out in a jiffy. <laughs> <laughs> there will have been, there, there we'll will be been complete <laughs> shutdowns of global markets. Everyone will be in economic hardship and depression. But don't worry, they're going to be working damn hard to get that boat Bro, dislodged. They're out there every single day and somehow make zero progress. I don't understand. They install potholes. They don't fix potholes. So, eh. Did the boat hit a pothole? Is that what happened? Is it called a whirlhole if it's in the water, though? But, like. What if this is all a con, right? And really, that's just boats have wheels and they're just underwater. <laughs> they have legs. We've been, we've, yeah, we've been <laughs> lied to this entire time. Uh, you got a flat. Got a flat. Yeah, that's really what's going on. They have a huge flat. I mean, you're trying to tell me the water itself doesn't have somewhat of a stream to help push? Like, I'm just. Again, though, I'm you got to. so shocked. You got to appreciate the tonnage of this thing. Yeah, but like, it's I floating. can understand why I mean, it's so stuck, but here's the thing. They never had a plan for this shit to happen. Like, the shit just happened, and suddenly they're like, oh, God, we never thought about this. And, like, their their best idea they have is to wheel out, like, an excavator that you would see on, like, a construction site in Brooklyn. I mean, just drop in a crane on one side and on the other side and just have the cranes pull. Like, they're literally meant to do things like this. Well, not like this. Not exactly like this. But they're That's going to have to be again, a badass crane. Yeah, well, I mean... I don't say, man, this is, uh, they're going to need cranes regardless, either to get this thing dislodged or start taking those uh, cargo containers off and moving it. Have we considered the possibility of just letting, like, the other 300 ships that are stuck try to come through and they all can just kind of combine their force to ram through the canal? Are you trying to say we just build a bridge over it and that's still water? So wait, are we basically saying we're getting like the Patrick Star moment of like, why don't we take the boat yeah. and move it over there? Yeah, let's just do that. That's easy, guys. We figured it out. Just move the boat. Just move the boat. Just, <laughs> just move it. I, I don't understand why this is so hard. Come on. Do you think someone... I have a college degree? I have this figured out. Just move the boat. And it doesn't even look stuck. If you look at the picture, it's like barely touching both sides. <laughs> Literally, though, it, it, it's it's the thing that does strike me. Like, the picture doesn't do it justice when you see it. Because you do look at it and you go, okay, move the boat. Yeah, I'm confused. Put it in reverse. It's, it's kind of like the uh, any of those classic videos you see where someone goes to, uh, I don't know, Parallel Park or they're in an alleyway and they want to go turn around for some god-awful reason. And they get stuck. And it's kind of like you have to do that 20,000 point turn to basically reverse turn, reverse turn, reverse turn. Basically. Yeah. On I the shifter. I feel like they just need to do that here. I don't know. Like, did someone drop the anchor and, like, forget? And they're like, oh, we're stuck. What if that's what it's been the entire time? It's like that, like, when you, like, forget your wallet or something stupid like that. And literally it's, like, been sitting beside you the entire time. This is, <laughs> this is the, no. It's when you have your phone in your hand and you're looking for your phone. It's uh, I'm. This is the uh, the modern day equivalent of because I think your car has this, my car does the electronic parking brake. Yes. Yeah. If that thing ever gets turned on, I will tell you right now, I do not notice it's turned on because I don't have anything. Like 
there's an orange light if I look down and see it. And sometimes there's a light on my dash. But that's it. And I just put it in drive. And I'm like, oh. Just put it in drive. Burn through your pads and rotors. Well, like, like, why is so it, much smoke going down the road You notice right it now. immediately. But I'm like, why is this thing turning on? Like, I hate this thing. So this boat obviously has an electronic parking brake that no one knows about. They just need to, they just need to take care of it. How old is the Evergreen? Excellent question. Maybe the boat's just ready for retirement. The, the boat is retired. Like that's that's what this boat's saying. I quit. <laughs> I saw something this week that said oh. no well-behaved boat ever becomes famous. And yeah, true, true, true. Um, if this is accurate, uh, this might be for the company though. I don't know. It says Evergreen is fifty-three years. But I typed in how old is the Evergreen ship. But it's also a company, obviously. So I don't I mean know. that boat very well might be fifty three I mean, years that old. Makes because sense. Don't get me wrong. You don't you don't build those things overnight, and they don't exactly make those things all the time. But this is a question I wish Chris was here for. Uh, how long? I obviously naval ships are a little bit different, but typically speaking, big ships like this don't they only go for like fifty years and then they retire them anyway? There's a difference between, I think, a military application and a logistical application like that, just because of the fact that in a logistical application like that, you know, like, screw it, we're going to get our money's worth and run the wheels off this, that, and they're not constantly having to necessarily advance that technology. Because, like, in a defense application, you no, can I only don't. refit a ship so many times before it's obsolete compared to the threats that exist out there in that sort I of get battle that. space. I just, I just assume that the... Uh the technology on the inside is about the same when it comes to the actual mechanics of it working. And I figure they probably got rid of the old ones at a certain point because I don't know. I don't know boats. I don't do boats. Man, we've, we've really got it out for old people apparently on this podcast today. But listen, yeah, we are an ageist podcast a little bit. Um, if your boat's over 50, just retire it. I don't even think it's a problem with the boat. You you trying to say that the person actually? I think the person the who's driving the boat doesn't have a job anymore. Uh, I mean, and, 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 and Lord knows, I don't know what international trade laws look like, but maybe this person might be in some shit for causing like literally a little micro recession in the economy. Just, he just parked it and left. He just said, "You know what? I quit." That's what happened. It didn't get stuck. If he would have parked this in a no parking zone in the city, the shit would have been resolved because they would have towed that shit out of there by now. You show me how do you? You know what? How do you tow a boat? How do you tow a Tug boat boats. out of the canal? Tugboats. Or, or you know, they're just they're gonna call Jerry from. Why can't we just get another barge to pull it out? No, 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 no. I've I've got it. Literally, you just declare the Suez Canal a no parking zone, okay? <laughs> and and then at that point, Frankie from Frankie and Brothers Towing is going to come down. He's going to come down there with his truck, hitch up the evergreen to it, okay? He's going to take it down to the impound lot, and uh, he's going to charge you $300 to get the evergreen out. So, I mean, for the low, low price of $300, you could have a cargo ship. I'm, I'm kind of curious if the low, low, yeah, well... I don't want to fuel that thing. I'm sure it's not cheap to fuel. You just sell the cargo that's on there. Eh, well, it's free real estate. Who do you think? And no, there's probably no way to know the answer to this. Let's be honest. But what country do you think is affected by this the most? 
I don't think there's a singular country that's affected the most by this, but obviously a lot of trade that comes in there goes through the Mediterranean, goes to Europe. Um, obviously, that a lot of that trade comes out of Asia as well, or oil out of the Middle East. I would say probably the biggest region that's impacted by this overall is Europe. Really? Yeah. By far and away, Europe. I mean, obviously it affects things in North America, and it affects things globally in general, because like I said, 12% of global trade goes through this canal. Which is huge. I mean, I don't know. For crying out loud, in World War II, we were fighting over the Suez, and the British were desperately trying to push the Germans away from it and hold on to it for dear life, because if they lost the Suez, that was going to be a major loss. Well, they're back. This is their retaliation. World War II never ended. (laughs) We've just secretly been waging it as a proxy. Jeez. Um don't even get me started on certain percentages about that. That is wild. I, uh, but yeah, I mean, what other ways? I mean, I got it. You have the answer. I'm going to assemble an army of forklifts and we're going to lift, lift the boat. <laughs> yes. Do you have aquatic li- uh, lift, lift trucks? You got a, no, 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 no. It doesn't exist yet, but will, this is going to be what makes me a billionaire. Aquatic lift trucks. <laughs> It's the lift trucks for your submarines and your docking needs. Aquatic lift trucks. Aquatic lift trucks. Man, that would actually be kind of cool. I don't even want to go into would what the engineering. Would it roll the ground or would it be floating? It'll be like, like those. Sub. It'll be like those uh, stupid jeeps you've seen. Have you ever seen those jeeps? I think they're called Panthers or whatever. It's like an aftermarket jeep. Yeah, where it, like very it'll well, sure. Well, they don't work very well. I mean, I think uh, Pat McAfee, if you're familiar with him, he's like an ex NFL player who okay, does yeah. a lot of like sports commentary and podcasting now. He bought one. He's like, I bought a two hundred thousand dollar jeep that was supposed to be a boat. It didn't float. It sunk. Yo, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. My dad used to talk religiously about wanting to get one of those for the lake. And I was just like, more power to you, man. If you ever become rich enough to do that, I don't want to see it when that thing sinks to the bottom. Nathan, get that. Get it. We'll make sure it won't sink. We'll figure it out. We'll take it onto the beach at the lake house first. We'll just test the waters, if you will. I don't want an EPA cleanup at the lake house. I mean, but we want a Jeep that floats. Let's figure it out. I'll help you out. Look, I'm I'll just pitch saying. Mo- I'll pitch money towards $200,000 floating Jeep. We'll make a barge out of bush light cans. I already was working on <laughs> Is it Is there last any bush year. light on there? Do we need to head to the grocery store to stock up on toilet paper and bush before we run out of that since the uh, trade's going down? <laughs> Speak of the devil. <laughs> I don't have to worry about bush light because that's all made here in the USA. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But God bless domestic beer. Anyhow. Toilet paper. That's an interesting note. You want to know why? Why? What was happening a year ago around this time? You mean the shortage on everything? There was a shortage of toilet paper. What is potentially going to happen because of this trade? I read an article about this. Toilet paper shortage. Are you serious? Dead ass. Wow. All right. Well, you guys heard it here first. Go ahead and... Uh... Remember my it out. Re- remember my uh, remember the time I came into your room frantically with a whiteboard? Um and yeah, said that circle. uh 2020 is a circle. Do you, We're kind of still there. Do you believe me? It's pretty accurate at this point. Do you, do you believe me? Except for I told you that in 2020 on like day 3 World War 3 was trending on Twitter and in January of this year 
Civil War was trending on Twitter. <laughs> and you're like, it's not the same. I was like, I don't know. It's pretty significant. Civil War, and I'm not talking about the Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah, well. Uh, no, that's... um. 2020 is a circle, dude. 2021 is really not any different than uh, 2020. They can put lipstick on this pig all day long, but it's still a <laughs> it's pig. It's still a pig. Well, then. Um, I, I think th- on that note, I think, we've... We, uh, I think we've solved the problem. I think they can go ahead and just get some forklifts. Hey, uh, you know, the Evergreen, you should get a hold of Crown and uh, just take care of that. They're the best. The best. Number the n- one. Number one. <laughs> so, but I think next time uh, we should be talking about some of these great earnings calls that were going on recently yeah absolutely let's uh, go into our fun segment of the week in our last segment here and let's talk about GameStop the place where you probably went in there when you were younger to uh, sell a copy of a game that you'd bought or donate let's be honest you really weren't getting anything back for it yeah you you were more or less giving that away to donate it and you were not getting a tax write off for that by the way uh, they probably offered you 12 cents and a uh a glare, I would say. That was probably oh, yeah. how that went down. Hey, if we take this game, we'll go ahead and sell you our gamer pass or whatever they called it for uh for like what was it, like thirty bucks or something dollars a month? Like something stupid. And you got like a magazine and you earn points towards your game purchases. I'm like, yeah, I'm good, man. I think the bottom line here is uh for those of you who've been living under a rock Long story short, GameStop's business model was pretty damn outdated and especially not pandemic-proof, if you will. No, they shut down a lot of stores. And for some reason, the fine people of Reddit and uh, investors, because fundamental economics just don't make sense anymore, decided that they liked the stock. And GameStop was trading for pennies on the dollar and suddenly was about to look like a S&P 500 company at one point (laughs) because we got that thing all the way up, okay? I had friends in a past life. I technically still hold them. I had securities licenses. And uh, so I could talk about stocks, bonds, all that fun stuff. Mm -hmm. I had friends literally blowing my phone up for days asking me should i buy gamestop you said you said yes i said no well, why not short term well, i can't really get into that this is an investment advice listen i still have standards <laughs> i have to be upheld too well guys listen short term it would have been fine if you would have stuck in it long term who knows well i mean short term until you got caught holding the bag but <laughs> anyhow I'm not going to go into all the details of why that was going on, yada, yada. It's, it's, it's a complicated endeavor. I don't want to get into what short selling is and how basically a bunch of uh, retail investors almost but, broke hedge funds. But, but if you act now, Cameron does have a free class that you can click on the, uh, the little description down below and he'll, uh, he'll show you Live on my things. OnlyFans. Live on the OnlyFans. <laughs> Live on my OnlyFans. I will teach you a thing or two. $3.50 a month. It's not investment advice. It's just fans. Well, listen, I'm going to make sure I don't get sued. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, but no, so GameStop had their earnings call, which um, obviously if you're a shareholder or whatnot, you can jump on these earnings calls and you can kind of um, see what the company did, how well they did, what they're going to do to change things, yada, yada, yada. So um, 
would you agree? I, I don't know. Maybe I'm way off, but I feel like Best Buy, when I was thinking about other companies, I'm like, I don't know how they're still around, but they are. Best Buy actually kind of going off on that for a minute. They did pretty well during 2020. Credit to Best Buy, because uh, listen, a lot of people might have this like conception that they're like a oversized radio shack in a retail environment. I mean, they are, but not exactly. Actually, Best Buy, to their credit, has found a way to revamp their business model time and time again to the point where now they're like a major player in e-commerce globally. Oh yeah, and that's they have a, to now. Well, that's what I'm saying is. The leadership at Best Buy at least had an understanding that if they didn't change how they fundamentally did business to support it outside of brick and mortar, mm. well, yeah, they would have been gone by this point. So they at least have a fundamental understanding of that. This is not investment advice. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm getting you that free class. Don't worry about it. But uh, Best Buy, I would say, is not really a comparison to like a GameStop, for example, where GameStop is, I mean, the entire distribution platform for buying video games is wildly different than when we were kids. Because when we were kids, you had to beg your mom to bebop up into the mall with you. And if you were buying that spicy rated M for mature, you had to have them buy it for you. It It felt like basically you were just like, when at the point when you maybe wanted to start drinking when you were a little younger and below the legal age of twenty one and you had to go, please sir, will you buy me some alcohol? That 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 basically is the equivalent to your middle aged mother having to come into GameStop with you to buy Halo Twelve, the Electric Boogaloo. Are you trying to say that buying games underage is just a gateway process into drinking alcohol underage? Yes. All right, as I thought. Um, <laughs> No, I don't know. So basically, oh, this. I, I pulled up a few other companies before we take a look at GameStop's earnings call. We're looking at the duration of the call because obviously the longer the call, the more detailed, the more in-depth they're going to go on like what they did and whatnot. So GameStop's overall call was 61 minutes long. Um, so that's when everyone jumping in there, saying their two cents, moving on. Um, I pulled up Apple. Um, I was really kind of interested in how long Apple's is going to be just because I feel like they're a little bit more... Uh, I mean, they're a pretty big company. Pretty what are you big. talking about? They just have more cash on hand than the United States government. Yeah. Would you believe me if I told you that they were also at 61 minutes in duration? I think the content of the call is what we should be more focused on. And well, here's the thing. Here's the, well, here's the thing. You're right. But the content's pretty basic on those two fronts. They have about three or four people that jump in there. The beginning of it is literally just talking about thanking the shareholders, thank you for sticking around, and blah, blah, blah. Then it goes into what they've earned, like what they've done, and like what they're going to do in the future. 61 minutes, I can think, I can see, like, okay, that makes sense. I mean, we've all been through a Zoom call with a company at some point. It's about an hour long. You just used my trigger word. What, Zoom? Yes. Yeah, well, I did a lot of work off Zoom during uh, 2020. So now GameStop... If you had to take a wild guess, it I'm more or less I can't really know the answer to this, but anyone else out there, you just think about it. How long do you think that call is going to be? I think it'll be 50 minutes, be like 45 minutes, a little bit less, or is it more? It's an hour and a half. So they go above the bar and just talk for days and days and days. I mean, a lot of stuff happened that was pretty wild and revolutionary to that company. Except for they were reporting on the time frame before all that happened. Because it was the previous quarter. So their call was a whopping. 22 minutes long. 
And you know what the content of that call basically said? Yeah, check back with us for uh, the first quarter earnings. And I read through some of it, and they basically said that with a few extra words, but nothing crazy. Like, literally, they're like, hey, look, we didn't do too bad. Here's what we did. Here's what the money we earned, yada, yada, yada. But then they were like, but uh, we'll see you next time. I'm going to use some fancy terminology here real quick. I'm going to look so smart here for a second, okay? All right, guys, sit down so I read through their proxy materials, which is materials that they have to send over to the SEC mm-hmm. to be compliant since they're a publicly traded company. And obviously it has to have the full disclosures in their financial statements, all that fun stuff, right? When I was reading through the proxy materials, you start reading through their 2020 proxy materials mm-hmm. and you just start seeing this picture of doom and gloom in there (laughs) it's just like well in 2019 uh we had about 2.9 billion dollars in revenue and then we had a global pandemic in 2020 we had about 2.1 billion dollars in revenue so like they you know were significantly down on their revenue across the board like earnings per share all that stuff was just down they were talking about how they were winding down operations in like finland denmark and other like countries in that region and on top of that they were they were just talking about more and more how they're just like yeah things aren't good and we got to change our like whole business model basically was the less elegant way of putting it there and you did a little bit a little bit so their e-commerce sales increased by default by 191 percent but at the same time who's sitting there in terms of e-commerce and going like damn I'm going to GameStop to get that. When most of the platforms at this point have an online store you could just well, buy the shit direct from. So what so if, if there were so e, their exact words were e-commerce sales increased 191% for the fiscal year to represent nearly blank percentage of total net sales. What percentage do you think that represents? Of their net sales? So, yeah. So, e-commerce sales increased 191% for the fiscal year to represent nearly blank uh, of total net sales. It's a percentage. I mean, I want to say it's going to be a higher number, but I have a funny feeling it's going to be absurdly low. Yeah, let me go ahead and fill that blank. 30%. I was literally going to say 30%. Yeah. Uh, e-commerce sales increase 191% of the fiscal year to represent nearly 30% of total net sales. At year, uh, so it says at year's end, we operated 4,816 global stores, which blew my mind, by the way, that they're, they're, they had that many stores. Now turning to our full year results, uh, the total consolidated sales were $5.1 billion, a decline of 21.3% over the prior year. I'm sure right now the fine ladies and gentlemen who are still listening to this, God bless you if you are, are just fanning themselves hearing all these sexy numbers fly out. The sales decline was attributed to a comp store sales decline of 9.5%, approximately 700 permanent global store closures. You know what that's fancy words for, folks? That's fancy words for our business model was really outdated and then a global pandemic happened. Well, no, no, no. Well, yes and no. It also came to the point where for some reason a bunch of people with money decided, hey, let's just throw money at GameStop. Well, that's 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 a different thing there. But I, I think the bottom line is... Looking forward, we're going to circle back. Put a pin in this one, folks, because number one, you bet your ass that first quarter call is going to be lit. What, 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 is that around 
first quarter is going to be ending soon. January, February. Yeah, because it's the March. first three. Yeah. yeah. So well, is the isn't the first quarter technically the? Because isn't the first three months of? Isn't that the last quarter of last year? And now they do it, and it like an offset of three months. It depends on how the company's fiscal year works. Okay. Long story short. Depends. So some of them actually do calendar year. Some of them do do calendar year. Some of them don't. Um, it really just depends on the company. Well, they just had that call, so yeah, we should be having uh, a call here soon. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna keep an eye on that one for sure. Because uh, here, here's the bottom line: the fact that a bunch of people turned an outdated company into a literal meme, where their stock is trading well north of a hundred dollars a share right now. Yeah, it went from being worth nothing to well north a hundred dollars a share. You got to imagine, like, I think their CFO left the company. And I, I'm sitting there, I'm like, you have this huge windfall of money that's been invested into you. And, and you're telling me you can't, like, this is a golden opportunity to reinvent <laughs> yourself. This is like the classic, yeah. like, falling ass backwards into, like, a great opportunity to change your life, except it's a company that used to be a juggernaut and now when's the last time you purchased a hard copy of a game i think i know when it is just because of your xbox but i think it was a bundle that came with it though so i'm not even going to call that me purchasing a hard copy of a game you uh but don't don't you have breakpoint or something like that on there don't you have one of that's not a hard copy digital it's digital oh um yeah dude i literally the last time that i physically bought a hard copy of a game was probably i'm gonna say 2014 mine's not that long ago one particular game sticks out so i bought a playstation 4 pro from a friend of mine came with a few games didn't really care i literally bought this playstation 4 pro to uh to play Spider-Man when that came out. Don't know why I didn't download the game. I think I don't know why. I I feel like it was something to do with like just the storage and it being limited on the place. I was like it's a terabyte, but like you have a few games already on there. I was like, yeah, I'll just go ahead and buy the game. Um no, I was able to get the game 20, a physical copy of it $20 cheaper. That's why I did it. Don't ask me how I did it. I don't remember that. But the point is that was the last time I purchased a hard copy. Other than that, before then, I mean, probably back when the first when they were Xbox One originally came out. I don't, I don't get it. I used to actually make fun of that. I never understood like PC gamers and everyone about downloading games. Like, why? Just buy the physical copy. You can't ever trade it back in. But that was GameStop's whole scheme. Like, you want to trade it back in? Like, yeah. It's the classic. We don't make money on the new games, but if you give us the used car, we're gonna squeeze every oh, penny out of God. this. Yeah. So. Yeah, I now I I don't ever see myself buying a physical game. I will always buy. What are you talking about? Copy. This is gonna be like vinyl. Like twenty years from now, suddenly it's gonna be hip. Companies are gonna be like mass producing physical copies again because they're gonna be like boutique style. Yeah, yeah, eh, maybe you're gonna have a vinyl player hooked up to whatever console you have, so it's well, gonna be just spinning around there. The only thing that sucks about it is there's obviously been a. We're going way off topic, but real quick, there's been a really big growth in like digital copy. Like people just buy digital copies of everything, but because of that, because they're not making the money off their limited editions that come with their statues and those other stuff, 
I feel like that's when you're starting to see all these game passes and these they're basically like subscription based like online gaming. Like, give me twenty bucks a month and I'll give you some digital current digital stuff that literally doesn't matter. Listen, everyone's into the what I like to call MacGuffin of buy my company's random whatever you want to call it bucks. Basically, you can only spend it with us. <laughs> How for your uh, your uh, nineteen dollar Fortnite card? Nineteen dollar Fortnite card. Who wants it? Oh God. But anyhow. How is that? You know what we should have touched on? It's a little bit old news, but we should have touched on, because it's still not on here, I'm pretty sure. We should have went back and touched on how uh, how Epic Games. Is it Epic? Who, who makes it Fortnite? It's Epic is Games. Is it Epic? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they uh, they ever won against Apple. I think they're still banned from the store. That's a damn shame. That's hysterical. Life comes at you quick. Sometimes. We might have to touch on that next time. We'll, we'll have to we'll have to uh, see where that's at. Good old Fortnite, because I don't I don't know if they're back or not. I'm checking. What's a Fortnite, and why why the hell should I care? Oh, look, Fortnite is not available to download, but there are so many clones. There's a game called Battle Destruction that looks dead on Fortnite. But yeah, the more you know. Well. Bottom line is this. I think, even though I would not buy shares right now, I think I'm going to buy shares of GameStop, and then I'm going to walk into one of their retail locations and go, I own part of this company. Give me some inventory, That's baby. That's not what you're going to say. Okay, fine. I own this place, god damn it. <laughs> when, 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 the share, when my share of GameStop goes up to $1,000 a share, uh, yes, I'm going to walk into a retail location and be like, I own this place, god damn it. There were so many memes that uh, when everyone got their $1,400, uh, that were just basically walking into GameStop and saying, I'll take everything. You mean like the one I saw where it be to the McDonald's uh, cashier? How yeah. much for the franchise? And then it's them. You mean fries? Like, no, the franchise. <laughs> $1,400. Oh, man, that's too good. I love those. Those are. Did you get your 1400 bucks? Maybe. All right. Maybe next time we'll have to talk about uh, what you spent your $1,400 on. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Magic conch shell. What did you spend your fourteen hundred dollars on? Nothing. <laughs> all right. Well, that is all I think we have today. I think that is all we have today. Tune in next week for more domestic, international, and fun news. Because it's not news unless you say oof. Oof. <laughs> <laughs>